Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to the Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and I have two guys whose faces are built for television while mine is built for radio. I have Logan Stump and Matt Hargrove. Oh man, that's so nice of you. Except I don't know if my hairline would do very well with the with the lighting in the studio. There's a there's a lot of bald people on TV. On You're TV. fine. That's true. I just don't want to be on TV. Tim Howard's on NBC Sports, so there you go. You can just replace him when when he needs to stop doing it. Yeah, or the Robbies. All right. Uh, so we have a we have an episode here that is going to be uh, detailing match week, whatever it was, six, I think. Yeah, six. Um, and that started on Friday, October twenty third, with Leeds. And Aston Villa. So I guess let's just jump into it. Uh, Leeds won that match 3-0. That was at 3 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, none of us had this one right. Uh, Logan and I had Villa wins. Uh, Matt had a draw. Leeds wins 3-0. Patrick Bamford, former Chelsea youngster, scores three goals for Leeds uh, in the 55th minute, 67th minute, and 74th minute. Logan, what is going on this season? I have no idea. I'm tired of just guessing at this point. I'm serious. I think we should just stop because I I don't know how you're right this season. I don't know if it's just something in the water or if it was no preseason. I mean, I, I was listening to Robbie Musto and the other Robbie, and they were talking about the fact that maybe it has something to do with preseasons and them being in different stages. But again, I have no idea. I never would have thought that Leeds would have come out um, as rapid fire as they did and smash all over Aston Villa. But God, what do I know at this point? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, especially when you have one of those seasons like 2016 where Leicester won it, where you're like, okay, I guess maybe this just happens every so often. Maybe it has nothing to do with the pandemic at all. Right. Maybe it's <laughs> just this weird season. Uh, but it's fun compared to last year when Liverpool won by a hundred points. Matt, uh, your thought on Leeds Aston Villa? This is it. so. Hold on, hold on. So Leeds drew with Liverpool, right? Yeah. But now no, they, Villa, no, they lost. Oh, did they? Yeah, by one point, right? By one goal. Yeah. Okay, but Aston Villa smashed Liverpool seven to two. Leeds beats Aston Villa three 0 That means Leeds is now better than Liverpool, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, kind of like what Logan said. I just don't think 
maybe the fan, maybe not having fans, not, you know, preseasons are all weird for everybody. And honestly, the top teams have such jumbled schedules that, you know, it, it seems like this is something we'll end up watching throughout the years. Just, you never really know what's going to happen. Um, it's also seems like there's so many draws. I was actually going to say something about it. If this Burnley Tottenham game had ended, cause I was like, I just felt like every single game, there's this one play that just leads to another draw. And it's like, Oh my God, like we're just, it teams are so evenly matched. It seems like, and Leeds, I don't know. It, it, it is going to make for a fun season. I think Leeds and Villa are very, I think at the time, I actually think they're pretty similar teams. Their attacks look pretty strong. I think their defenses are fairly suspect. Maybe not as much with Villa because, um, Martinez has been really good at them in goal, but I think the game. I, I'm I am kind of shocked that the way it happened and Villa just looked completely overran. But at the same time, Villa maybe loses the next like three games, and then it's kind of like we don't even have to worry about talking about them anymore. Um, it's just going to be a weird year, and I, I don't think the congested schedule of the top teams is going to really change that. I think you're going to see top teams drawing a lot more games and losing games. And we really just can't expect anything when we watch these games at this point. Let's move on to the Saturday matches. Um, West Ham won, Man City won. Let me tell you, I was really excited about this because I had we had made predictions for the Man United-Chelsea game. And I didn't have this spaced out properly, so I was like, oh my god, I got this prediction completely right. But then I was like, no, that was for the United-Chelsea <laughs> game, sorry. I was really excited. I was like, man, I was a prophet. Uh, but no, we didn't predict this match, but it finished 1-1. Antonio scores for West Ham. Uh, Phil Foden scores for Manchester City. 18th minute for Antonio, 51st for uh, Foden. That was a 7.30 a.m. Match, was it worth waking up early for for you, Logan? No, absolutely not. It was the most heartbreaking. No. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I At this point, I don't know if they'll ever score two goals ever again in a match. I don't think that they've got any kind of attack anymore. Sergio's hurt again, so I'm sad. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm tired of watching a City team that looks like they're just missing something completely. And I, they can't figure out what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, because De Bruyne is not playing as much or if it's Aguero not playing as much or, you know, how the other half of the team that's hurt or sick. Um, so I don't really know where they turn as far as the attack's concerned. I don't know exactly what the answer is. I, Jesus is out. Uh, Aguero's out. Foden sits on the bench and that makes no sense to me. Uh, I think a lot of the problems is Pep and, and what he does. I know that people always jump on his side and say that he's the best manager. But over the last three or four years, I'd say that, you know, since his run with 100 points, um, it's been pretty much downhill from there. And it's a team that's definitely getting older. It's a team that I'd be concerned about if I was, you know, if I am, I mean, I am a City fan, but if you're other City fans, you got to be concerned about where this attack is going because I just, it seems like the defense is somewhat fixed but now the attacks the problem and they lack creativity i don't know you know if it's silva that's missing that is the problem and has been there forever or you know what they're going to do but i'm not sure there's a quick fix to it and it sounds like from 
what Pep said today in an interview that they tried to go out and get a striker or a center fielder and they couldn't find one because they didn't have the funds needed to get the ones that they wanted, uh, which means hopefully when all this stuff starts to clear up, they'll get the money. But I think that, you know, they're looking to make a big splash and I'm not sure it happens until next summer. So it'll be interesting to see if they can even get an attack going to be any what successful as far as Premier and the way Europe <clears throat> is laid out for them now. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the attack and I'm concerned about City overall. At this point, are you thinking, let's extend Pep, give him some more money, or is it like blow it up? Not blow it up, but like take what he's already created and move on. Yeah, I think at this point, especially because he just seems to neglect Phil Foden. I don't know what it is that he's not thrilled with with Foden. Seems like any time that Mara's is available, they try to put Mara's in, and that hasn't gone well this year. Uh, they, you know, they go after Jesus and he puts Jesus in, and you know, you got Liam Delap over there who doesn't play when they could clearly play a striker or use a striker, but because they just don't, he doesn't do the things that are necessary to win. I wouldn't extend him. I mean, I know people are like, well, he's the best manager in Europe. Well, no, he's not. He's clearly not because he's not anywhere near Klopp. Um, you know, and I don't think that he's anywhere near half the guys that are out there. I mean, uh, Tuchel, I, I don't think he's close to him. I think Pochettino is probably the, the closest thing that City can bring in to replace him. But I, I just don't know at this point. I, I, you've got to, you've got to hit the restart button. I think I, I just don't see him winning Europe, especially with the way that the team looks this year and with all these injuries. There's just no way that he can compete with some of the bigger guys out there and that Liverpool will squash him. Fulham lost two to one against Crystal Palace at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, eight minutes in, Rita Vald, uh, I guess is how you would say that, Crystal Palace scores. Uh, 64 minutes in, Zaha adds another one. 88 minutes in, we get a red card for Fulham. Uh, uh, Kamara gets a red card there. 90 plus 5, Kearney scores for Fulham to make it 2-1. Uh, Matt, Fulham, kind of exactly who you thought they were, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, um, they're just... Wait, the whole rest of the season can go as haywire is crazy, but Fulham is not going anywhere. <laughs> they are, they're easily... That is the one consistent factor it seems like in the Premier League is that Fulham are probably going to lose. Um, so just watching them, you can see they don't, they don't really, they have names. They have people that you go, Oh, I, you know, any soccer fan, even some that don't watch, you know, other leagues, maybe they just stick with England. They have names and you're going to go like, Oh, I've heard of him. They have Mitrovic. They have, um, let me, uh, they have Mitrovic. They have Mario Lamina, who's, Played, I believe, in Italy and England. He probably played in France, I believe, as well. Um, you know, it's not going well for your example when you're like, they have Mitrovic and uh, I, I, I uh, didn't get the name who? wrong. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have they have Ariola, who you know was a, a big goalkeeper over with PSG, and I think he was their backup last year. But he's still a, a fairly decent name. Um, and you know, they also have Lookman, who I've heard I've heard about, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and then obviously they have. Anthony Robinson, yeah, the USA players, yeah, of course. Um, 
I actually liked watching Anthony Robinson. He was um he did seem like a, a pretty decent bright spot. Yeah. Um, but they they just don't really do anything well. They just, I just don't see a game. It's really hard. Besides maybe maybe against Burnley, maybe they're you know a game against Sheffield. Uh, you know, you're really not going to see them have much of a shot at getting a win. It feels like you just don't know where it's coming from. And I, I don't think there's a lot of hope for them in a in a year that's so crazy. There's two teams, really three, depending on how it goes. But there's three teams being consistently poor, and it's Burnley, Sheffield, and Fulham, and they just seem they seem to be not destined to be relegated. But I, you got to wonder if this year is as crazy as it is. Could it be as crazy on teams at the bottom? Could you see a team go? like struggle to become a team that wins a game, you know, kind of like a, a weird type of invincible where you don't win a game the entire year, probably deplorable might be a better word for that. But it just, there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope for them. And I, I don't see where, where it's coming from. They face West Brom um, next, uh, this upcoming Monday or next Monday, I guess. So maybe you get a little lucky there. Um, but again, you know, West Ham is going to be too tough. Physically, Everton and Leicester are going to be much better technically. You just—it's really hard to see where something's going to go uh, go right for them. And man, their December starts with Man City and Fulham, or not uh, Man City and Liverpool. So <laughs> it really Yikes. looks like a struggle after this West Brom game to to see where they might get some points. You know, Southampton looks like a, a pretty good sleeper team. Tottenham, Newcastle—they always play well. It's just. They could. I. I would not be shocked if you go into twenty twenty one and they have not won a game. Yeah, it's, it seems pretty written in the stars now that they're uh, they're most likely going down. Um, Manchester United nil, Chelsea nil. Uh, I got part of this right by saying a draw. Uh, I actually had goals happening in this match. Uh, Logan got this really wrong. I had goals in this match, too. <laughs> you had 5-1 Chelsea, uh, and I'd like to have what you're having. And Matt had 3-2 Chelsea. <laughs> uh, uh, not really much happened in this game. Uh, there was that tackle in the box by Maguire where he decided to, I don't know anything about wrestling, but it definitely looked like a move from WWE as he takes down as Pilaqueta. It, it looked more real than any <laughs> wrestling move. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All the fake moves. No, yeah, this was real. Uh and uh I thought Mendy uh a little shaky at the beginning when he's trying to play it out the back and he almost puts it in his own net. That was a little bit of a uh, a scary moment if you're a Chelsea fan, but then he comes up with some really big saves that would have went right through Kepa's hands as if he's Casper, the friendly ghost. And uh, it would have ended up 5-1 Manchester United if, if Kepa was probably there. Uh, but uh, let's talk about, I guess, that tackle in the box. Um, one thing that's interesting from Dale Johnson's weekly VAR thread uh, is that it, it, it? He says, in his opinion, it's a penalty because holding was defined in the laws of the game this summer when a player player's contact with an opponent's body or equipment impedes the opponent's movement. Uh, and you know he's 
uh, it's hard to describe. You'd have to have seen some of these still frames and stuff, but it's pretty much, again, he has him like a chokehold as he's bringing him down to the ground. There was the misconception, just like the Van Dyke uh, tackle uh, from Pickford, that this was not reviewed, but it was reviewed. Um, we don't always see a review when it's happening. Uh, apparently the broadcaster's the one that changes if you see the picture of them reviewing it or not. Interesting part about this the most is that the VAR ref was Stuart Atwell. And last weekend he gave a penalty to Palace, uh, that was holding by Tarek Lamptey. Logan, you probably recall this one. Um, and you thought it was not a penalty because the contact was very minimal. <laughs> but in this one, there's all of this contact and he does not even flag it when he looks at it. So it's that's what kind of raises the questions of, to me, when I look at this, this is an English ref problem. I see VAR used in MLS more consistent than this i see var used in the champions league better than this i see var used anywhere any other league is using it better than the premier league why logan your thoughts on why the english refs can't get it right well i think it's uh i think it's because of the fans honestly i think it's because they're there and they're loud wait a minute they're not there they're not loud they don't care um (laughs) (laughs) yeah that excuse is out the window (laughs) right so i don't get i'm with you i i don't understand how and i listened to tim howard go off too um i don't get how you can look at some of these things and you know call they're so particular about handball right but then they go and look at this thing and it's like well i don't know i mean it was kind of a takedown but I don't know, you know, whether I should call it. I, I maybe they've got money on the game. I have no idea. I, I don't understand. Well, and maybe there's no pressure the most, to it. What bothers me the most about this is when they've recently I'm not sure if it's FIFA or the Premier League or who, but recently I feel like there's been an emphasis on calling these type of tackles in the box, but then it's not it's still not done consistently. But and again, it might be like what I mean, I joked, but it might be because there's no pressure from fans that are going to get. I mean, if you're standing in a stadium full of thousands of people and they're watching the same thing you're watching. Do I think that influences refs? I think so. Like, I think that there's times they look at things and go, you know what? Um, And and not knowingly, but I think that that the way they react to it, the way that other people react to it, um, I think you would see more of the refs lean that way. And it'd be interesting to see, um, and obviously you can't replace some of these, but it'd be interesting to see if fans do start to come back eventually, you know, how does that impact how many of these penalties that we're seeing are these, you know, handball, like I wonder how much that would influence a, a judge. I mean, as far as, you know, what is a penalty, what's not a penalty, obviously the handball might be a little different. Uh, it, I think it does kind of play to that. Cause I can't think of anything else that is, I mean, Unless they're reading, the, unless they've got some guy in the video room that's just reading the rule book by the book, and he goes, "Man, well, I mean, here's the law." So I don't know. I mean, maybe they had to lay off half their team because of the pandemic. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. All right, uh, Matt, your thoughts on uh, VAR and why English refs are having such a tough time, while the rest of the world is 
doing. I mean, there's still going to be errors everywhere, but it seems like it's every every day of the weekend. There's something wrong. Yeah, and the the words that have been sticking out to me since this happened was the phrase "clear and obvious error," which is the reason they are supposed to overturn something, and whether or not. First off, you should be looking at the play and just generally going, did the ref did the ref make a mistake? And you've seen it with with the tackles against Everton, and you've seen it with uh, you know with Maguire here, and you you know I know we'll get to the Liverpool game next, but it had a, a similar controversy where first off they got to be looking at the right thing and challenging the correct call, which has been an issue. But then they also have to go, did the ref make a clear error, and it, it really seems like in this game that that is a clear error. Like, there's no way that tackle was legal, and never if that was in the midfield and the ref was standing right there, he would have most likely given a yellow card, even if it was just a general goal kick. And the guy, it was you know 50 minutes in the game, and there even haven't been warnings. Like that, to me, that that's a, a normal yellow card everywhere else. And then obviously, when it's in the box, you're going to see the replays more consistently. And it, it's crazy to think that they can't get these right. And it's almost, I'm not, not trying to say like they're being protective of each other, but it's like the refs have this like unwillingness to overrule the one that's on the pitch. And, but they can do that. Like, or if anything, call them to look at it. Like, that's the one thing I've rarely seen from refs in England is looking at the, looking at the video. I've seen it in Champions League. I, I believe MLS has done it. You know, they, they're doing it everywhere else, but it's like they, they don't, it's almost like they don't want to overrule the ref on the, on the pitch. It's like they're just, they don't want to do anything that ruins it. And they're just kind of there. And it's, it's making it hard to celebrate goals. It's making it hard to, to not think there's something wrong with these refs and how they're handling these situations when other leagues are clearly doing it at a much better, in a much better way and it's it's frustrating and hopefully i mean hopefully it gets better but unless there's um, you know unless they start doing something about accountability I, I don't see it getting much better it seems like and this is why you're not going to get a lot of uh, english refs in uh, uefa and <laughs> fifa competition finals or anything recently uh is because of these issues but let's move on uh to Oh boy, where were we? Uh, Liverpool 2, Sheffield United 1. This was at 3 p.m. on Saturday. 13 minutes in, Sander Burge hits a penalty for Sheffield. 41 minutes in, Firmino hits a uh, very easy tap-in and for Liverpool. And then Jota scores in the 64th minute for Liverpool. Uh Let's since Matt just talked, we'll, we'll go over to Logan first. Logan, your thoughts. Uh, we'll we'll probably let Matt handle the penalty stuff here, but your thoughts on just Liverpool and Sheffield as a whole. Yeah, so this is one of those games that I think when you look at it, and I know it's against Sheffield, but when you really look at Liverpool and you're talking about a title defender, I think that this is what you see differently than you would see in other clubs and honestly I think in the whole Premier League I mean I know Van Dyke's out for the year but you really do see a difference in the way that Liverpool uh, has been able to 
put games together and matches together. And then I think with, you know, other teams that are trying to challenge them, like City, like Chelsea, like United, like Tottenham, I think that you still see that big gap uh, in, in the way that Liverpool can attack. And I think that, you know, with with the way that Liverpool play in this one, you, you do see such a difference in the way that they can control the ball and the way that they can, you know, get get ahead of an opponent, even when they're struggling. Um, Jota played well. I, I think that, you know, Sadio plays well. I, I, you know, it's really tough to really pick apart anything that Liverpool does because they're just so class and it's, it's hard to really sit here as a city fan and say that, but I mean, it's true. It's it, they're easily the best team in, in the premier league. Um, whether they can stay at the top, I think is going to depend on injuries, but Again, I think if they stay stay healthy, I think they're good, you know, eight to ten points clear of anybody challenging. Matt, your thoughts on the performance here? It was definitely um it was definitely one of those games where I think as a team defending the title and, and going for it again, it is one of those games you pull out in the ends uh with a win. Sheffield kind of have a different type of challenge that it's going to be interesting to see how Liverpool handle it. Um, teams like Sheffield, West Ham, um, you know, Burnley, Wolves, they, they tend to play Liverpool very, very physically and their, their players have some height to them. And if there is one thing with Van Dyke out that Liverpool will, will struggle with, especially if Matip isn't in there, it, it's going to be height. Um, so I could definitely see where they, they did struggle a little bit and I actually saw, uh, like a heat map of how the formation set up and it did seem like they played a 4-2-3-1, which was a lot different. Liverpool is pretty much always a 4-3-3, but they left a lot of space between the two holding midfielders and the center backs. And I think, you know, I've, that could be just something with the new formation. They, they might be working out some kinks if they're trying to maybe go toward that a little bit with Van Dyke out. Um, but, it, it was definitely a good performance. There was a, a lot of chances where, you know, a few things go different ways. Liverpool might score three, four goals, it felt like. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing that was confusing, again, was was VAR's checking of the goal and or of the penalty where I could see, I, I understand the reasoning why they called it a penalty because his foot's on the box. And in terms of that, he's considered in the box. But right. what was an issue more so was it wasn't a foul. Like I don't, I, I really don't see how you can see that as a foul. He got the ball first. He he did not really even come through and hit the guy's foot. And if he did, he hit the back foot that was outside of the box, and it, it wasn't even enough to bring him down. It was just a poor call from the ref on the pitch. And VAR, instead of checking to make sure, once they check that it's a penalty, I fully believe you should be able to check to make sure it was an actual foul once they find out it's inside or outside the box and they never checked that portion, they did come out and say that. And it's, again, it's, it's just looking at it as a clear, obvious error. Like that, you can't look at that replay and go, that's, that's a foul. I really can't imagine if the untrained eye can see that as not a foul. I can't imagine someone who's supposed to be trained and this is their profession. Can't notice that. Um, You don't think it's a foul. I really don't see it as a foul. I, I, how he gets the ball first, he barely you can get anything. yeah, but you can still get the ball and still be a foul. I mean, it, even going through their standing the ball, leg, 
really I if he did if he got the leg, which he might have, I still don't think it's enough to consider this as a foul. I think that it wasn't the box part that got fans and the writers confused. It was more so how they called it a foul in the first place. And I think that's where it just that definitely took the wind out of the sails. You could you almost could kind of see it in how they played. Liverpool the first 11 12 minutes had multiple chances in front of goal and the defense just kind of got in the way just a little bit but you could definitely see the next 15 20 minutes it it did almost look like the players were kind of like here we go again and instead of being you know a little bit more resilient and just kind of going with what happened you could kind of see it in their eyes as okay like what what are we supposed to do at this point um but you know, like i said i mean it, it was a it, it was a good game. I don't really, as a Liverpool fan, I don't think, you know, Firmino looked like he was, Firmino was playing a lot better. I, you know, if they do four two three one, I really don't think you can have Henderson and Wijnaldum next to each other. Um, cause they're, they just, in a four, in a two holding midfielders, they just didn't complement each other very well. Um, I think in terms of it, you could probably do this with Henderson and Tiago or Genie and Tiago. But Henderson and, and Genie are too, a little too similar in their play styles. Um, so I think in terms of that, if Liverpool want to try that, because I do think they're trying to get uh, Jota some more playing time, because he's looked great every time he's been on the pitch. I, I do think you would probably see it with a different a different uh, lineup at that point. But, you know, it looks like they're getting healthy again. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And I, I agree with Logan, injuries probably would be the one thing right now that could could really put a stop to Liverpool. They um but if Thiago remains healthy after this, I think his ability can over kind of overlap some of what they would miss with Van Dyke. And that could it could put him in a pretty good direction here and hopefully they, they play well as obviously as a fan I want them to win. Um but I'm hoping they do the best they can. Alrighty. Um Let's see. Uh, what is next here? Sunday, October 25th, was Southampton, Everton. Southampton win 2 0. 27th minute, James Ward Prowse scores for Southampton, and then Shea Adams in the 35th minute. 72 minutes in, we get a red card. Uh, Digne uh, gets a red card for Everton. Um, not really sure where the controversy is coming in on this one, because to me this is a clear red, uh, meaning that, you know... I think it's... <laughs> a lot of people seem to say because he's putting his hands up, he, he isn't trying to. No. At least that's what it, I've read. <laughs> and, and intent is no longer in the law. So even if it's a total accident, his studs is stomping on the guy's ankle. That's a red, uh, unfortunately, for Everton. Uh, to make a bad day even worse. Uh, but uh, your thoughts, uh, Logan, on Southampton Everton? Yeah, so um, I'll tackle it from the Southampton side because I, I know Matt can probably speak better to Everton. Um, but uh, watching Southampton play is really fun to. They're fun to watch. Their attacks fun to watch. Danny Ings is is playing really well, obviously, but. Che Adams is a lot of fun to watch and watching them storm the defense of Everton, which to be honest, if, if you're going to pick a weakness, uh, I think Everton really struggle 
on the defensive side of the ball. But I think watching Southampton play, I think that they do have a shot. I mean, I know they were talking about them having a shot at some European spots and uh, the way that they're playing right now. Uh, I would say that, especially with how crazy this year has gone um, and the teams that are below them, uh, I, I think that, you know, Villa eventually falls off. I think that Leeds comes down a little bit. I, I think that you do have somebody in Southampton that can challenge for a European spot and somebody that can really force the, the you know, the top of the table's hand. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue playing well uh, on the attack. But I know that, you know, with the sorry playing teams that are at the top of the league, they seem to always do pretty well against. Uh, so it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can keep piecing wins together because I think that they definitely have a side that if they do get hot, that they're going to start making some noise. And they've got a pretty favorable list of games coming up. Uh, they play Villa, uh, then they play Newcastle, Wolves, and then Man United, who's not playing very well, Brighton, uh, who looked awful, uh, and then Sheffield United, who looked bad. So really favorable schedule and, and a chance to collect some points here. So I'm excited to see what, what Danny Ings can do and if he can keep scoring like Vardy does, because I think it's fun to watch the older guys uh, take over and, and possibly win a golden boot. So. All righty. Uh, Matt, anything on the Everton angle? We know they're your favorite club. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think this was just kind of a classic, I, a classic letdown game. I think the energy from the Merseyside Derby for a team that has shown a lot of talent at the start of the year, this was kind of bound to happen. And, and honestly, Southampton looks like a team that could easily, they're, they're going to put points up against the top teams this year. I, you know, they drew against Chelsea already. They, they dominated this game. I felt like every majority, if not all of the chances, besides maybe the one off the bar by Sigurdsson by Everton, just seemed to come from Southampton. And you really thought they could have put four or five past them. Um, but I don't think it's something... I think if this happens for a few more games, Everton fans could might be a little worried. Um, but honestly, this game just seemed like it really was written written in the stars. I know I think Jordan said that earlier, but solid phrase. Um, you know, it just seemed like Southampton were pretty much bound to win this game. Uh, so we'll see how Everton bounce back. You know, they don't, the Richarlison being out, it looked like they didn't really have somebody to replace him. Um, Awobi was not good. Uh, Bernard came in for him and was, was okay. Uh, and now they have to go two more without him and, you know, three without Digne and apparently James was hurt, but. They had no subs and were already down 10. So what I read was Ancelotti was basically telling them, you have to try to stick it out. So I guess we'll have to see what happens with him. Um, so their depth will be tested. But Ancelotti's a good coach. Uh, so, you know, he should still keep them afloat until everybody's back. And, you know, they still look like they should be top six, top seven. And if, if things go the right way, they could easily see themselves to remain in that top four. Moving on to Wolverhampton, Newcastle, New, uh, Wolverhampton Wolves won, Newcastle won. That was at 12.30 on Sunday. Uh, 80th minute, Raul Jimenez got me some more fantasy points. Uh, 89th minute, Jacob Murphy scores for Newcastle. So all the action was saved for the last 10 minutes of that match. <laughs> um, yeah. It was some kind of action because I know you guys were, I don't think you guys were around, but 
like I was trying to text you guys because the I was trying to find the freaking clip of Murphy's goal. He bends yeah. one around that wall, and you could tell he was looking at it. He's eyeing the side of that wall, and he goes, "You know what? I think I can bend one just enough around here just to tuck it into that that corner on this side of bend it like well, Beckham." Oh yeah, it was. Be- I mean, it was beautiful. And the Raul, Raul Jimenez was, was, you know, the kick that he hit off a of volley um, that hits the keeper's arm and goes through the keeper's arm into the net. Uh, they saved the best for last, but other, up until that, that was kind of a boring game. But I, I don't know. I think Wolves. If you're a Wolves fan, I think you've got some, you know, some worries coming up because I think that because uh, I remember them talking about that, so I looked up their fixtures because they said that they had one of the hardest um over the <laughs> that was my cat getting ready to die I think. It sounds like a um, baby <laughs> <laughs> but anyway they, they were chiming in on wolves they don't really like wolves they're more of a cat person but um but yeah wolves has so next game they play crystal palace but then they've got leicester southampton arsenal liverpool aston villa chelsea and then they get burnley but then they go back to tottenham man united so it's <laughs> win something there uh, and get some three points because I don't think points are coming for Wolves and and they don't look as good as they they as I thought they would. Uh, talking about a boring game, Arsenal nil, Leicester one. That was at three fifteen on Sunday. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, we, we all got we all we all predicted the correct winner, but Matt. You win the prize for guessing the exact scoreline, 1-0, Lester. And that prize is that you have to be back here next week to record another episode (laughs) of us. 80th minute, Jamie Vardy scores to make it 1-0, and that's how the game finished. Anything to say on this, or should we move on? Jamie Vardy's a god. You know, Arsenal, they need a second type of play style. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever they're doing, which is kind of just standing around and kicking the ball and hoping Aubameyang does some magic with his feet, it's not it's not working. And the top teams clearly can see it. Any coach that any of these top coaches are going to be able to combat this. And you just you got to hope that Arteta is seeing this and is you know I I know that their talent pool probably isn't as as deep as they would like it to be uh Lacazette kind of just looks like he's there um you know party was definitely a great signing however he is he is more defensive than he is attack minded so you know I I could see their defense is obviously going to get better but what are they doing up top how are they getting the ball through the middle you really just can't keep hoping Aubameyang does something because when he doesn't do anything, he doesn't do anything. You don't even know he's there at that point. And he so got he got his new deal, so he's taking it easy. <laughs> I remember there was one game. This was before they got kind of like basically really boring. Where against Liverpool, he had I think eighty percent of his touches were the kick after the Liverpool scoring, and then he didn't like touch the ball ever again or passes or something. But they they need to do something. They they have to change a formation. They have to, I'm not saying bench somebody, but maybe put their more attack-minded players. Honestly, I've, I've been more impressed with Enkedia than I am Lacazette. Maybe you throw him in there. Um, I, I don't, I'm not like a big Arsenal person, but they played Liverpool a lot recently. 
Um, and it, it just seems like the same game over and over where they have to hope one long ball hits. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, they might not get a shot on goal. So I, they just need to figure something new. All righty. Uh, how about Mesut Ozil? I mean, he's kind of been shunned out to the side he is here. Saving I know, yeah, that's what he's doing. But they they've completely <laughs> left him out the squad. <laughs> <laughs> they've completely left him out the squad, and uh, it's just bizarre. I mean, I know they've you know he wasn't really. I mean, I remember the days when he was playing and he wasn't doing much, but uh, you would think he would need something. Um, Monday, so the games that just ended today, 1.30 p.m. due to the change of hours. Uh, Brighton 1, West Brom 1, 40 minutes in, own goal by Livermore, gives Brighton the lead. Then 83 minutes in, Grant scores for West Brom. Uh Anything about this one, Logan? I didn't get to see any of this match, actually. Yeah, so Brighton starts out really well. Um, and Lamptey's, again, flying all over the pitch. I love watching him play, and I really hope City go out and get him as kind of that left wing back kind of guy. But um, I'm just hopeful at that point. But they played so well at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of the game. West Brom, again, looked stale as all can be. But then in the second half, Brighton, um, and I was listening to Robbie's talk, and they said that this is the worst they've ever seen under Potter um, them play. And they said that part of it could be Lewis Dunk missing um, up in that, uh, you know, the center back position. Um, But, you know, when I was watching them, I didn't really see that. Like, I didn't see them, like, completely fall apart. Like, they didn't dominate the ball like they were. Um, And West Brom did. West Brom got a ton of chances. Um, to really put the score uh, where it needed to be. Um, but again, both teams, Brighton's obviously better than, than than West Brom, so maybe that's where it came in. Where, But I think that West Brom's clearly a, a relegated team, just like Fulham. I don't see where they can... like They, they signed um, Carlin Grant, um, which he's got, you know, the abilities to, to score a lot of goals, but I just don't see him being a team that can put up goals consistently against top teams or even mid-table teams. Yeah, Matt, any thoughts on this scoreline for how it affects either of these teams? West Brom is right above obligation right now, and I think we all had them going down. No, I mean, Logan was pretty much spot on with all of it, so there's not really anything I could add on to. Two teams that will be struggling for probably the whole year in terms of relegation and Brighton with their Brighton probably have a better shot with, with their veteran players. Maybe they pop up a little, but you know, both teams just kind of look like they're, they're stuck in the mud. And the last match was Burnley nil Tottenham one. That was at 4 PM. Uh, Logan got this one dead on one nil Spurs win. Uh, I, this was my, uh, five to one result that did not end up that way. Uh, Sun scores in the 76th minute. He's now the golden boot leader with eight. Uh, I don't know anything really impressive about this match. Burnley's kind of in the relegation zone. I guess it's good Spurs get the one nil result, but, uh, they didn't really do it in style, I guess. Yeah, Burnley got back to playing the way that they were 
um, very physical, uh, and they were they bloodied up. Uh, what's his name? The center back for Tottenham. Uh, crap, I can't remember his name. Uh, dang it, that's gonna bother me. Um, but anyway, the I think that or no, is that Alder Wild or whatever his name is? Um, he got bloodied up by one of the defenders. But an interesting stat: Harry Kane and Son have assisted nine goals. Um, of nine of the goals uh, this season together. And then Sun has scored eight goals in which Harry Kane has assisted seven. So the two of them, <laughs> fun to watch. If you guys, I'll send you guys the video here. I'll find it. But uh, there's a video where, he, where when Sun scores, he turns around to Harry Kane and he goes, did you assist that? Because <laughs> he's trying to figure out. And Harry Kane's going, yes, yes. And he's trying to hug him. That's like, funny. Nobody else can pass it to me. <laughs> but I'll I'll send you guys the link. But. Just listening to him talk, he's so funny, son. Um, but they, they do, man. They've got the, probably the best two attacking players right now in the Premier League as far as the season's going. All right. Uh, I guess uh, let's look at the current top four. We got Everton still in first with 13 points, five goal differential. Liverpool in second with 13 points and one goal differential. Aston Villa is in third with 12 points, seven goal differential. And Leicester uh, City at fourth place, 12 points, and five goal differential. If we look at the teams right outside of there, Leeds is in fifth right now. Uh, Southampton, then Palace, Wolves, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, Man City, Newcastle United, Manchester United in 15th place, Brighton and West Brom in 16th and 17th. (laughs) We look at the teams in relegation right now at the bottom. I didn't even have to change this except for the gold of wrench. Fulham in 20th with one point and minus nine gold differential. Sheffield United still in 19th with one point and minus six gold differential. Burnley, I had to change the points. They got their second point uh, at some point uh, in this. Well, not today, but uh, from... I don't know, some other day. I guess I didn't update this right. <laughs> Minus five gold differential. Um, Kurt Golden Boot, like I said, is Sun with eight goals. Calvert-Lewin with seven. And Bamford, after his hat trick, is now in third place with six. So we are really... Uh, it's, it's getting crazy. Crazy season uh, so far. Let's preview the weekend's matches. It seems like they will now always start on Friday for the time being. At 4 p.m., uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Crystal Palace. Uh, that's Friday, October 30th. Um, any predictions on this one, Logan? Yeah, 10 to 11 Wolves. No, I'm kidding. Um, Got that written down. Hold on. Do you make sure you write that down in stone because crazier crap's happened. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace, 3 to 1. I just think that Wolves are in some real turmoil. I just don't see anything going well for them right now. Matt? Wolves and Palace. Uh, you know, both these teams just seem very similar. Um, I. I feel like there's so many draws. I, I, I just feel like I should start guessing draws. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in reality, I do see both these teams pretty much on the same level. And I, I would 
I would look at it as a one-one draw. And I, if either team could get three points, great for them. But it, they both look pretty much right there next to each other at a one-one t- uh, type draw. I will go to two draw. We'll see how that goes. Um, Saturday, Sheffield United versus Man City at eight thirty a.m. Burnley versus Chelsea at eleven a.m. Then it's Liverpool versus West Ham at 1.30 on Saturday, Halloween, October 31st. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on the I didn't even realize it here. was Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's close. Uh, for Liverpool, West Ham is a tough team. They actually, um, last year they were up 2-1 in the second half at Anfield with fans. So I, I actually think this will be another really tough game. For Liverpool, I, I honestly I see them pulling it out as another two-one win. Logan, <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna have to stick with Liverpool. I think that West Ham come in off a little bit of a high withdrawing the City, and they can't match up against Liverpool. And I'm gonna agree with Matt, two-one Liverpool. Okie doke. I have a two-two draw. Uh, let's go with. Uh, Sunday, November 1st, Aston Villa versus Southampton at 7 a.m. Then at 9 a.m., we have Newcastle versus Everton. At 11.30, we have Manchester United versus Arsenal. Uh, And we have Tottenham Hotspur versus Brighton at 2.15. We are going to predict Manchester United versus Arsenal. I'm going to go 2-2 draw. How about you, Logan? Uh, Okay, so Arsenal 6 Manchester United, zero, because I want to get yelled at on Instagram again. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, okay, so here, here's I got some stats that I wanted to say with United. Ninth in goals per match. Uh, big chances created, so chances that should lead to obvious scoring opportunities. They're 18th with only three. The top two teams are Liverpool and Tottenham. Tottenham is in first with 17. Big chances created, Liverpool 16. Uh, and then the one that's... Um, I didn't know. I had no idea that this was going on, but they have conceded the most matches or goals per match. Uh, so I'm going to go with Arsenal based off of those stats. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to say something crazy, but I think that Arsenal get a win here um, because United can't create chances and Arsenal seem to have the defense figured out. I think Arsenal win it 1 0. Matt. See, I have to go another 1 1 draw. He's playing it safe. <laughs> It's just it, <laughs> the draw seems to be the popular thing this year. And... We'll get one of these right. We'll get one of these right. <laughs> um, and again, like there's something wrong. I think with every team, every team's missing something, or there's something doesn't look right with all these teams. And you know, with United, you know their defense is tends to struggle. De Gea, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. Their attack is. For the most part, especially when they keep starting Daniel James or even Juan Mata, I'm not sure why either are starting. Um, but then there's well, Mata's loses. been good recently. Uh, he's been he's been pretty good. They Fred just, starting uh, is confusing too. They, I think they like Fred and McTominay together and more of a defensive mind, um, which is interesting because I remember in FIFA I used to sign Fred because he was fast and was like a great attack player. Obviously things change, but. Um, 
you know, United, they lose all their teeth attack-wise, it seems like, unless you get the main three, and Martial's not even going to be playing because of his red card, I believe is still being served. That might be the end of it. Um, and then Arsenal itself, just two very low-attack-minded teams, but with the ability to make really bad defensive errors just seems like a perfect 1-1. All righty. Uh... What else oh my we God, here? Can we can we predict the full and West Brom game? <laughs> we can. I, 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 I actually somebody's got to win, right? I had the uh, I had the Leeds United Leicester is the one that we were predicting. Uh, you can definitely throw out a prediction though. But Monday, November second, we have Fulham versus West Brom uh, at twelve thirty. You want to go ahead and, and give a prediction, Logan? Yeah, dude, I want to. Uh, I'm going to go 0-0 zero, zero draw. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, this is the draw that I'm calling. It's 0-0 zero, zero draw, and it's going to be the worst game that ever shows up on my TV. So, sorry, I, I feel really bad. If we have Fulham fans that are that are fans of our show, we've, we've lost They all turned time. off the show weeks <laughs> ago. Are you kidding yeah, me? I don't think anyone rooting Fulham is probably really enjoying our show. I'm pretty sure that they're 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 searching for championship podcast because that's where they're going to end up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so mean. mean. I'm not predicting that game. Uh, I have my prediction set. Uh, Matt, do you want to give a prediction at all for Fulham West Brom? Or are you uh, good for Leeds? You know, I'm gonna. Uh, ooh. Yeah, I like that one more. I, I would have said three three Fulham West Brom. I think that's a high scoring game with a lot of back and forth, but I like the Leeds Leicester more. All right. Uh, Leeds Leicester, that's at three o'clock on Monday, November 2nd. Matt, what's your prediction there? Ah, I can't get my fingers to click the right button. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm like trying to hit mute, but like I'm, I'm missing it. So it ends up going away and then I oh, yeah. hit it again. It, um, Leeds Leicester. I, that's going to be a really good game, but I, I think Brendan Rodgers is smart enough to keep it where Leicester get the win. Um, I, I see it being 3-2. Very high-flowing high attack teams that have a little trouble with defense, similar to Leeds-Liverpool. Um, just not as... Uh, maybe not as sloppy because it's a little bit later in the season at this point. Uh, so I'd say 3-2 Leicester. And Logan leads Lester. Yeah, so I'm not buying the leads as bad on the defense thing, uh, just because they've got they're I think fourth in clean sheets. Their defense seems to be okay ever since the the um, the onslaught. But I think that I think that you know Leeds isn't quite good enough um, on the attack to beat Lester yet. So I'm going to go with Lester two one. All right, and I have a 2-2 two, two draw. <laughs> did you pick all draws? <laughs> you did, didn't you? All 2-2 two, two draws. <laughs> Based off of how the games are going, draws are probably your best bet. Uh, oh, man. Every game uh, it was a 2-2 two, two draw for me. So we'll see. <laughs> one of those has got to be right. Um, we'll see. Um, so I um so today on uh it was on Reddit actually it's what I like to read um when I'm bored at work the the soccer Reddit had a stat you mean on break year, at work right <laughs> I have my laptop <laughs> <laughs> um so this year it took f- 
five games. Everton were the last team that had not taken a loss. Um, and this was the quickest season that the a chance to be invincible was gone. The prior, there was a year where three teams went through the first six weeks. I think it was 2013-14. Um, with, I think it was like Chelsea, Everton, and there was another team in there. But this year, in five games, it, it took five games for every, uh, the last team to take a loss. Or it was five games wow. uh, winning before. Yeah, it was like it, the amount. It, the, it's the quickest year for Invincible to be out of reach at this point. Crazy. Um, just a quick highlight here. We do have Champions League matches um, midweek here. The times are different due to... Uh, Europe already changing their times. Uh, so Tuesday, you know, the first two games are at one fifty-five uh, Eastern, and then four o'clock for the afternoon games. Uh, some big matchups here. We got yeah, some big matchups here. We got Atalanta versus Ajax. That's on Tuesday at four. We have Atletico Madrid versus Salzburg at four. Mönchengladbach versus Real Madrid at 4 o'clock. Liverpool versus Michelin. I'm just kidding. That's not a big one. Uh, Marseille Man City at uh, 4 o'clock. Wednesday, um, if we're looking at other English teams here, Wednesday, Chelsea versus Krasnodar at 155. That should be an easy one for Chelsea, you would think. Um, Dortmund versus Zenit at 4 o'clock is interesting. Uh, and then the big one, Juve versus Barcelona, the big matchup between Weston McKinney and uh, uh, Sergino Dest. So there you go. No other big name players going on there. Uh, <laughs> Manchester United versus Leipzig <laughs> uh, at four o'clock. Yeah, so that's kind of like the big, the big Champions League matches. Um, looking at. Uh, just I have this pulled up here. Europe's top five leagues. We already gave you the top four so far in the Premier League, but let's just take a look at the Bundesliga right now. We have Leipzig in first with 13 points. In second, Bayern Munich with 12 points. Third place, uh, Dortmund with 12 points. And fourth place, uh, Rich's own Bayer Leverkusen in nine points uh, in fourth. Uh, if we look at La Liga... Um, uh, Stuttgart is up there in fifth. I know they just got promoted. Yeah. Ooh, they used, they used to be around. That You know, they used to. And Werder Bremen's actually doing okay right now. That's where Josh Sargent is. Um, you see Schalke? They might have the worst goal differential in European soccer. <laughs> what is it? What's the goal differential? It's minus, minus 17. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so Five glad games. McKenny left. <laughs> oh, good Lord. They're not in last. I, I will say that uh, really? Mainz is in last because oh, they wow. haven't won. Schalke drew. Mm-hmm. Schalke scored two goals while giving up 19. Jeez, Liverpool do that in two games, though. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, La Liga, first place, Real Sociedad. Ravitsuba. With 14 points. Oh, really? Yeah. There yeah, he is. Second oh, place is Real Madrid with 13 Whoa, points. This table's weird. Sorry. <laughs> Just like looking at it with you. Uh, third place. Uh, who is? Hold on. I, 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 it it's, only had the crest. Um, Granada, I, got, I believe. Yeah. Granada okay. and Villarreal. Granada. 
All right. Yeah, because they only had the crest uh, in this picture I was looking at. Um, and then fourth place, Villarreal. Atletico's in fifth. Where's Barcelona? All the way down in 12th. Okay. Now, Barcelona's only played five matches compared to seven matches for Sociedad and six for Madrid. But uh, not going so well for uh, Barcelona. Apparently, they did the whole vote of no confidence for Bartomeu, and he said he sees no reason to resign. So well, that's that's good though, because then <laughs> Messi can leave in January and come join City. Because well, we need more help. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get you over the top. Uh, if we look at, <laughs> at Serie A, uh, Milan, AC Milan in first place, Zlatan leading them right up the table. Second place is Napoli. Third place is Sassuolo. Fourth place is Inter, and where's Juventus? They're all the way in fifth. They've played, everybody's played the same amount of matches, except for Genoa and Torino, but they're in the bottom half of the table. So we got Milan with 13 points, Napoli with 11, Sassuolo with 11, Inter Milan with 10, and Juve with 9 points out of 5 matches. So it's uh, not just us. It's not just our league. It's every league. Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere right now. Liga. Yeah, I'll say we're gonna. I'll <laughs> say league on is is pretty normal now that uh, I have it up here. Yeah, well, PSG's in first, but they're tied with Lil, uh, with uh, eighteen points. Uh, third place is Ren, and fourth place is Marseille, with fifteen points. That, that's so, pretty normal, I would say. I think, right? I think Lille is the only one. Maybe he's a little different. Uh, Leon is usually up there too, but they're not up there right now. I'm not sure where they are currently. Sixth. Yeah. Um, Linz, Linz, RC Linz, or however you say their name. Um, they they could go into third with a win because they do have a game in hand. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty much every league right now. Uh, when it comes to um. Uh, the top European leagues are just kind of all thrown off right now. I'm sure, though, by the end of the season, you're going to look at the Bundesliga and Munich's going to win because Leipzig had a huge lead at one point last year and they were in first for a bit. And then Munich shot past them. Uh, you're going to see Madrid already has a game in hand. So if they just win that match, they're already above Sociedad. Uh, Serie A is the one that I think, and we predicted this uh, when we first started our show, saying somebody other than Juve would win the title this year. So far, so good. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll see how these continue to shake out. And that's your quick look at the rest of the world, uh, the rest of Europe anyway. All right. Any anything else before we get out of here? It's kind of a shorter show with it only being an hour, even though we've uh, talked so much stuff. <laughs> we kind of kept it under pretty pretty well. Yeah, I guess we could mention since I know you talked about it on stateside, but the the U.S. men's national team yes. got their got their draw for a friendly, um, which is exciting. <laughs> Finally get to see the boys play after everybody else is playing and getting COVID together. We can get COVID together. Yeah. The last match for the U S men's national team was back in February pre COVID. Uh, or actually it turns out that COVID was here. We didn't know it at that point, right. but, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we didn't really start testing until March, but, um, 
that was against Costa Rica. The USA won that match. Um, so that was without a lot of the European players anyway, because typically the January, February matches don't have the European players because they're too busy playing. Um, well, I guess, I don't know. Did they, I, I would have to look at the squad, but typically the January, February friendlies don't have a lot of the European players come over, but this sounds like it's going to mostly be European players uh, who are playing in Europe for America. Um, like we're probably going to see Pulisic, McKenney, uh, Tyler Adams is actually out with an injury, um, again. So I don't know if that's going to affect him being, uh, on there or not, but, uh, I- I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see, you know, we've really see even since February, all of these youngsters have started breaking into these mm-hmm. teams uh, at an alarming rate, alarmingly well, you know, a good alarm, uh, not like your morning alarm, but <laughs> uh, your alarm that you set when you're about to go on vacation. That's how alarmingly well they're started doing since February, where I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm hoping that people don't go overboard with the expectations. I know we have, you know, Pulisic playing pretty decently. Uh, we have... McKenney, um, we've had uh, Josh Sargent playing every match for Werder Bremen right now. Um, I think actually a good starter that would be called up would be Aaron Johansson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been scoring goals like crazy for Hammurabi, uh, so that would uh, that would be a great. Uh, he scored like ten goals so far, or yeah, I think it was ten goals. So. Looking forward to that. We'll definitely have to have Logan, if, if you want to come on, Matt, if you want to come on. Uh, that's November 12th, uh, 2.45. That's a Thursday. We probably would record later in the day or over mm-hmm. the weekend and put it up because it's not anything, I don't think, that's really time-specific. But uh, that should be a good match. It's against Wales. If you didn't know anybody listening, it's against Wales, so probably against Gareth Bale. Gareth. Um, uh, and that will be... Uh, on November 12th, that's a Thursday, 2.45. That's on FS1, Fox Sports 1, here in America, that you can watch that. Um, anything else before we get out of here? I don't think that's it. Yeah, not much. All right, well, you can follow us on Twitter at stoppage show you can follow us on facebook facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show email us stoppage time show at gmail.com instagram at stoppage time soccer show we actually get a lot of good interactions on instagram um logan alluded to it the stateside soccer show if this is your first time listening to this show uh, i do a domestic based soccer show that talks about the u.s men's national team Americans Abroad, MLS, USL Championship, USL 1, USL 2, all of the leagues uh, over here in America. You can follow that on Twitter at Stateside Show. And it's just on the same podcast feed, so you don't even have to go looking for it. It's just right here, one-stop shop, um, and maybe we'll do some international-themed one. That's probably not until the World Cup or something, but we'll we'll sometime do an international themed one uh, that we'll probably release at some point on the same feed as well. But thanks for listening to the show this week. We'll catch you all next week where we'll break down 
match week seven and maybe talk a little bit about the Champions League, which we did not do this week. Uh, but nothing really exciting happened for any of the English teams, I don't think. Uh, so we will catch you all next time. Kane has stolen it to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.